plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Partners, welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. It's our informational playground with comfort conversations with um, authors and experts and entertainers. I'm your host Cynthia Bryan, and we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are as we continue our Wednesdays with writers and entertainers. We have another Authors Guild author for you today. Please um, consider making a donation as part of our Operation Disaster Relief to keep uh, to keep artists, authors, entertainers um, getting their, their creative works out. So this was by Jim Rohn. It was called The Challenge. Let others lead small lives, but not you. Let our others argue over small things, but not you. Let others cry over small hurts, but not you. And let others leave their future in someone else's hands, but not you. So, yes, today is the first day of the rest of our life. And make sure you visit BeTheStarYouAre.org or BTSYA.org so that you can uh, get involved or make a donation. So we have a really fascinating show again for you today. In segment three, we're going to talk about the effect of uh, COVID on women and working and specifically women of color because they have been affected negatively the most. We're also in segment two, we're uh, going to be having the author of Bird Nesting, Dr. Ann Gold Bushow. And Bird Nesting is, it's called The Parent's Guide to Bird Nesting. It refers to an arrangement whereby parents alternate time in the family home and take turns being on duty with their children while they are moving towards a separation or divorce. So that should be kind of, uh, that would be fascinating. And right now, though, I want to talk about time management because um, we do have to keep on task. And even though we've all heard these, uh, these, you know, these tips on how to manage our time, especially now, during COVID-19, I think everybody is kind of struggling just a little bit. I mean, there are several people who have been writing jokes about what's going on here um, during COVID-19. I have to, Joel Goodman, who has the Humor Project, he sent me a few, and I just thought they were funny. So I'm going to read you a couple, and then I'll tell you about time management. One of them was, is I'm not going to add to uh, my age this year because I just didn't use it. Lockdown can only go four ways. You'll come out a monk, a hunk, a chunk, or a drunk. <laughs> so choose wisely. In 20 years, when kids ask about the 2020 toilet paper shortage, I'm telling them we had to drag our butts across the lawn, in the snow, uphill, both ways. 
<laughs> I love that one because it seems like when we talked to our parents, it was always, you know, we had to go barefoot in the snow. <laughs> you guys have it so good. Um, here's another one. Wearing a mask inside your home is now highly recommended, not so much to prevent COVID-19, but to stop you from eating. And does anyone know if we can take showers yet or are we just supposed to be washing our hands? <laughs> and um, I miss the days when we were terrified of romaine lettuce. And then uh, here's just a, one more. So let me get this straight. There's no cure for a virus, but it can be killed by sanitizer and hand soap. <laughs> anyway, time management. Um, Oh, yeah, I, this is what I was going to lead in with. This is the last one. I just did a big load of pajamas so I would have enough clean work clothes for the week. So um, when I was reading these, I thought about time management because so many people are working from home. And uh, if you're not used to it, there are plenty of distractions. If you have little kids, your kids are probably coming in and out and you know interrupting and so you start something and then you lose track etc so while you probably know everything i'm going to tell you it's a good idea to use these tips just to refresh your memory and compare what you do with perhaps what you could be doing first of all commit to making a decision about every piece of paper that crosses your desk do you need it if not get rid of it Use only one calendar. That eliminates missing something important. Now, I actually do use two. I use an online calendar, and then I use a written calendar. And that way, I am doubly sure that I'm not going to miss something. Handle paper only once if possible, and make sure every time it's handled, you're one step closer to completion. As I told you, I've been moving my office and uh, I've really gotten really organized except my desk. My desk has lots of papers on it that I still have to go through. And I'm just waiting for that moment that I can touch the paper one time and either file it in the filing cabinet or toss it or whatever it has to be done with it. But it is a really good thing to do. Otherwise, you just keep shuffling all the time. Every day set priorities, and this is going to keep you from being sidetracked unless a, a crisis occurs. And then make lists. I'm a huge list maker. I make daily lists as well as large project lists, and it just keeps you on task and organized. And then the best part about it is it really gives you a sense of accomplishment as you cross off the tasks. Group your low priority tasks together. And use set times for emails and returning calls. Like, you know, decide to look maybe at your emails three times a day or, you know, have a certain hour and just a certain time for calls. Because if you're constantly, constantly checking your phone or your iPad or your uh, computer, you're never going to get anything done. This one's a big one. Keep perfectionism under control. Be careful not to shortchange other more important projects in order to keep polishing an item. I always say strive for excellence because there is no perfection. And I know it's very hard because I'm a writer and I'm always sending, you know, I just finished writing an article for the newspaper. And I usually, I usually, before I send it to the publisher, I check it at least three to four times. And even though it might be, I think it's ready to go, I wait overnight, I check it again. But then at some point you have to say, okay, let it go. Because otherwise I would just keep polishing and polishing. Spend 15 minutes twice a day to clear out your inbox and make a decision 
either do it now or put the item away for later. I'm a do it now person. I When I check my emails, um, everything that can go to the trash or the junk goes trash or junk. And then I respond to all the different emails all at one time so that otherwise they get lost in my in, inbox. And by the next day, I have another 600 emails. So I can't let them pile up. Uh, be realistic about what information you can absorb. Limit what you try to read and then clip articles immediately instead of stacking magazines until later. A lot of people, they find something in a newspaper or they find something in a magazine that they want to hold on to and they just, you know, pile it and then they can't remember where it is and then you have to go through the whole thing again. So if you see something you like, tear it out, cut it out, make a file and at least put it in the file and, you know, it could be articles I need to review. Don't write on scraps of paper. Write notes in an appropriate place the first time. So instead of just having um, post-it notes, which a lot of people have, I like to keep a binder right by my, um, my phone on my desk. So when the phone rings, I can take notes. Whenever I have to jot something down, I can take notes. And then, you know, a week later or whatever, I can look back, just date it, the phone number, the person, the email, whatever it is. And at least that jogs my memory. Whenever I have scraps of paper, I can't find it. I know I'm, I was looking for something just today that I'd written on a scrap of paper. So I know this because I have done it. Think before you say yes. I mean, I am a person that likes to say yes to life, but sometimes you have to say no to a few tasks so that you can create time to do the important things that you need to do. And if you're a shopper, don't buy anything unless you have a place to put it. That will keep the mess down. Clear the top of your desk at the end of the day. So before you um, close the door to your home office or to your dining room table workspace, or if you're in an actual office, before you leave, just clear it so that the next day you're, it's going to be so much easier for you. You're going to know what your tasks are. You might even make a list of what you're going to do tomorrow. And then always have a few extra file folders on hand. I mean, I know that we're all trying to eliminate paper, but I have not been able to eliminate paper 100% yet. I still have files with paper. And I, I guess I'm just a little bit nervous about that computer or my backup system crashing and then losing everything. So I do back up with paper. Um, remove your name from any mailing list. If you don't read it, get rid of the clutter. And keep one job in front of you at a time. I mean, you really, you know, the multitasking thing doesn't really work. In fact, uh, there's more and more studies saying that single tasking is the way to get everything done. So start one project and then finish it. And keep control when scheduling your time. Make sure you leave time for yourself and make constructive use of any waiting time. You know, I always have a book with me no matter what. Um, I had a couple appointments this week where there, the meetings involved, and of course you had to be social distanced in a different room, but the meetings were 15 minutes apart. So I had my book because I, I have to read a couple books every week. So I had um, my bird nesting book here for today's show uh, that I could read. So, you know, I always say B-A-B, bring a book. And if you can, start each day calmly. And the stress and the rushing will be there once you're at work. But if you can start on a good note, you're going to feel so much better. I start my day 
with just 20 minutes of meditation. And I really feel that that is, is really great. Now, one last thing about email. I mean, just in the last 20 years, people's inboxes have actually expanded. I was reading an article from 2005 that said the average executive in 2005 got about 35 emails and today it is several hundred. As I said, I'll get 600 or more a day. So, you know, it's very hard to um, keep up with all that. So if you want to make sure your email is read, just try a couple of these suggestions. Think before you write, what is your purpose? And um, if you have a problem or a project, you want to be specific. Try to keep it short and succinct. Use the subject line to your advantage, not just reminder, but put your name in it, like from Cynthia Bryan, radio information and reminder for show so that they know. Be considerate. Use please and thank you. Include an action step. What do you want done? Just make it clear and to the point. Keep it simple. Never include any confidential information. And, you know, proofread it. I mean, you don't want any typos and all of that stuff. Well, when we come back from break, The Parent's Guide to Bird Nesting will have Anne Gold Bouchot with us. It's a child-centered solution to co-parenting during separation and divorce. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I'm coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel, and we're brought to you by Be the Star You Are. During the break, visit bethestarur.org. I'll be right back with Anne. Be the star you the star you are, be the star you are, you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called. Well, as always, I thank you for staying with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. 
We are coming to you live on the Voice American Network, and this is the Empowerment Channel. And as we've been doing every single week since the pandemic started, we have been offering Wednesdays with writers and entertainers to give authors, artists, actors, and other creatives an opportunity to get their words out there because all of their events are canceled. So today is no different, and we've been working with the Authors Guild. Today we have Dr. Ann Gold Bushow, and she has written a really interesting book about a topic you may not have heard of. The book's called The Parent's Guide to Bird Nesting, A Child-Centered Solution to Co-Parenting During Separation and Divorce. And Ann is a licensed clinical psychologist who specializes in family issues and anything that's related to divorce, parenting, parenting planning, counseling, etc. So uh, she is an expert on the topic. Well, hello, Anne, and welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you for having me on, and hello to you and your audience. Well, hello, hello. Well, uh, <laughs> let's, we're going to talk about your, the book that you've written, The Parent's Guide to Bird Nesting, A Child-Centered Solution, to co-parenting during separation and divorce. And of course, it was the title that really um, drew me to your book, Bird Nesting, because I ha- I actually raised lots of birds. I, I, I adopt injured birds, actually. And um, my doves have been nesting, <laughs> and I've been watching <laughs> them a lot. And so it's very, you know, it was very interesting. So um, before we get going on the questions, I'm going to have you describe exactly what bird nesting is because I have to say I had not heard of this um, I don't know if it would be called an experiment or uh, of this way of co-parenting during a separation or divorce until I read your book. Well it's interesting because bird nesting has been around for at least 25 years or more. When I got divorced in 1993 my ex-husband and I decided we wanted to keep things stable for the children. So bird nesting or nesting as we tend to call it on the west coast means that the kids stay in the home and the parents alternate being on and off duty. So they rotate in and out of the home keeping the kids stable and giving the parents a break from the conflict that's been going between them and giving them some time to sort out their marriage. And if they're going to divorce, giving them some time to figure out how they're going to divorce and how things are going to, you know, the outcome, how things will end up. You know, it's so interesting because as I started reading it, I thought, oh, this is a great idea. And then I got more into the book. And this looks really hard. And all I could say, though, I mean, think to myself the whole time I was reading your book is I am so glad that I'm still married and I didn't have to get a divorce while my kids were little, because guess what? I don't think I could have done this because, you know, so I want to hear how, first of all, I want you to tell the audience how it was for you, because I read that you and your husband did it for what, about 18 months? Yeah, 15, yeah, mm-hmm. 15 months, yeah. And, that's, and a, I ended you know, that's a long time, uh, especially when you're going to get a divorce, to have both of you in the house, because you bring up the topic of, you know, you, the kids, everybody has to learn when they're on duty and when they're not on duty, and how do you share How do you share the kitchen, and where, where are you going to actually live, and how do you keep your privacy? I mean, there there's a lot that goes into this. Well, during COVID, people have been struggling with that, but... 
in better times, the parent who's off-duty can leave the house and go somewhere else, perhaps to a rented room or an apartment, or perhaps to stay with friends or family. So if they're not necessarily in the house together all the time, the, the point really is to reduce the stress for the parents and the children, but the only way it can work really, is if the parents are able to put their own emotions ahead, um, uh, put their kids' needs ahead of their own emotions, meaning they have to be able to manage their communication without a lot of arguments. They have to focus on what's best for the kids. They have to make agreements and keep their agreements and build some trust between them. So it is it is doable, but the one criteria is that the parents have to be committed to putting the children's needs ahead of their mm-hmm. own feelings. And you know that what I found it interesting when I got to uh, your appendix at the back of the book and you had a, a family story. And it was yeah. interesting that they had never really discussed it between, yep. you know, <laughs> between the siblings or the parents or anything. And um it seems like it it was good for you know it was good for them but it was definitely challenging for the the, the parents how was it yes. for you and your husband because i i would think i mean you know wonderfully about your book you have contracts in here you have checklists um you you have all the different things that people really need to go through in fact if somebody's getting a divorce and they have kids, they need to pick up The Parent's Guide to Bird Nesting by Ann Goldbush to see if this would work for them. But how did you, you were doing it in the kind of early years and you are a psychologist. How did you guys work it out yourself? I Well, first of all, we didn't know what we were doing. We were sort of inventing it day by day, which is why I wrote the book because there was right, and right. is no guide to bird nesting. So we had to figure things out as we went along and we did make mistakes and we learned from them. I think it was hard because there wasn't a lot of trust between us, but we were both completely committed to keeping things as stable as possible for the kids. Their routines didn't change. They slept on the same pillow every night. You know, their lives didn't change as much as they would if they'd had to go back and forth between two homes, which they later had to do. Right, once you got the divorce. Did you think at any time that you might reconcile? I mean, was one of your reasons besides, um, besides, you know, putting the kids first, did either of you think maybe you could reconcile? I don't think we did, and the reality is about 13% of couples do reconcile. That's the data, the statistic. Um, Mm -hmm. For Most people don't, but what it does do is it gives people time to calm down and get organized and take care of themselves and, and, you know, figure out where they're, how their lives are going to um, be after the divorce. I think most, most of the time people do at least separate for a long time. The family story at the end of the book, they were um, bird nesting for six and a half years. I thought was a, a long, long time. time. I, I was like, wow. I mean, why did, you know, they were basically still married, you know, not really, but they, I, I would find that confusing as a child. And it sounded like the kids, it was a little bit confusing. And what do you find yeah. in your practice? 
I mean, if you're well, if you're getting a divorce, but you're still living together after six years, it seems like you're really not getting a divorce. I think that the issue is having um, giving the information to the children, and in the past, parents just didn't talk to their children that much about what their what was happening in their relationship. In fact, when when I was a kid a kid could come home and find that a parent had just moved out and they never were told and they never knew why. That right. Was and the, the kids usually blame <laughs> themselves in that, you know, I mean, they always right. thought that they had done something to cause right. it. I, I know friends whose parents had a divorce. The kids were always like, you know, maybe I should have done this or maybe I was too loud or maybe my brother and I fought too much, you know, and that's really sad. Right. Well, in, uh, there's a whole chapter in the book about talking to the kids about what is happening in the family and, and reassuring them and making sure that there's no blame put on them, that kids never are put in the middle or put in the role of being the mediator or the spy or the messenger. Those are terrible things for kids. The, you know, what we know, that what damages kids most in divorce is the conflict between the parents. Right. Even when the kids don't witness it. Parents think, oh, well, we don't fight in front of them. Kids can tell by the way you hug them whether there's been a conflict. And so what I found with bird nesting is that it so drastically minimizes the conflict between the parents that everybody kind of relaxes a little bit. And yes, it takes organization and commitment, but it's also such a relief to have the conflict um, diminished or have it go away. Well, you know, you have a, a incredibly detailed sample budget with a two income family with a home and and um, and a one income family and you know an a, income for if you just have an apartment, et cetera. What I mean, with money being one of the issues that very often causes a divorce, how have you yes. found? Um, you know, the parents working out this budget of who's going to pay for what. And, you know, because you have, I, one of the things I love about the Parents Guide to Bird Nesting are all the samples that you do in every, every chapter. That is so great. You have, you call it case in point. So you give examples of couples uh, and how, you know, how they introduce bird nesting to the family and the issues that they came up with. But Tell us about the budgeting and the money part. What did you? What do you? Re, what do you find in your practice mostly? Well, people have to come up with two basic agreements. How are they going to take care of their kids? What's their schedule going to be? And how are they going to take care of the home? And how are they going to pay their bills? And so it's true that money is sometimes uh, one of the hardest issues in marriages. But in order to make nesting work. The parents do need to gather the information they need in order to make sure that the bills are paid. And the financial agreement down the road that will come out of a divorce settlement is, is really different. This is an interim agreement to get them through the next period of time until their divorce is done. It's Some people, I've met, worked with people who didn't have money and they wanted to nest and they were able mm -hmm. to carve out space in the basement or in the attic or one person had a sofa bed at his office and one person even slept at the church in a, they had a room at the church with a bed. 
So, really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So really it different. is, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. So, um, the, it, um, you know, and the other part was you also bring up, well, what if somebody is dating or wants to date or the reason they're breaking up is one person was having an affair and now yep. you need to take care of the kids and do the bird nesting. And um, again, you have examples of this in your book, but wh- what was what is your experience on how do you do that? I mean, one of the things that you say is that while you're nesting, or at least for the first year, or at least until you're committed, you don't bring another relationship to the children. That's right. It, mm-hmm. It's The kids are already adjusting to their parents being separated. Having one parent at a time, it's a whole new life for them. They're not ready to accept a new person in their lives. So one of the agreements that I really insist on is that when you're off duty, you can date, but keep it private. Don't bring people to the house. Don't let your kids be exposed or get attached to somebody new when they might lose that person as well. These are serial losses after parents split up. You don't want them to be having other losses. The one case where things really went south was when the parents didn't make that agreement and the mom came home to find a used condom in the bedroom. Oh, I know. I was going to bring that one up. That yeah. I would have, you know, I would have, I would have gone bonkers. I mean, that yeah. would have, that would have been a done deal out of here, you know, get out of Yeah. Here. You can't even yeah. see the kids. <laughs> right. You know, right. So it, how did, you know, tell us, give us the, tell us about that one because that was pretty interesting. It was pretty much the end of nesting for them. They had not made a good agreement around dating and new relationships and it was, and it and without that agreement, they made assumptions, and they didn't check the assumptions out with each other. So they, the dad made an assumption that it was okay to date, it was okay to bring people home, but they never had that conversation. This is why in in the book I go to a lot of detail in the kind in the agreements that they make because I know which um, which topics are going to present the biggest problems for people exactly yeah well and you I mean as I said you have you have you really have thought about everything because I suppose over your years of counseling you've seen it all you've probably heard it all (laughs) and seen it all right so you give (laughs) you give a guide you have a step-by-step guide um in bird nesting so that people really if they follow it they make the right contracts they everything is written down uh, they follow up, they talk to their extended family and friends and let them know, you know, how to, ex- you know, how to talk about it or explain it, et cetera, and, um, and how to share the information. So this is a really comprehensive guide. If people are yes. thinking of doing it, this is what they should read. And, you know, it sounds intimidating when you describe all of those things that people need to do, but I'm working with people now who are doing it and coming up with the agreements really just takes a few hours. It's not, um, it's not such labor that it's overwhelming. People need to sit down and have a conversation about what's really important to them about the kids and how the bills are going to be paid. And they need to come up with a schedule. Now, if people need support or guidance in that, they're therapists who are very experienced in working with families going through this kind of transition 
or understand divorce and child development. So they can get help with that they, you know, if they find it overwhelming. But for the most part, it's a few hours of, of serious um, conversation, respectful conversation to come up with the agreement. Holding in mind the picture of your children. You know, exactly. how you want your children and to feel. What about ages? Um, have you found that, because in your book, The Parent's Guide to Bird Nesting, you give examples of families with children of all ages, uh, you know, um, babies through their teens. But what do you find mostly? Do you find that most people do the bird nesting when they have younger children or more when they have teenagers? Or is it all over the board? I really think it's all over the board. I think the main difference is with younger children, they need to have a, a schedule that has more frequent rotation so the kids have more frequent contact with their parents. Uh, they just need that. And with yes. older children, our kids were a little older, so we, when I nested, we had week on, week off, which actually worked really well for us. But for people with very young children, it might be three days on, three days off. Yeah, and, it, and that's the beauty of it, is you, you, um, it's individualized, right? Bird nesting that's is right. what you as a couple want to make it, and in conjunction with talking with your, your children. I, the, you have a, a, a chapter in here, and there was a page, What Your Kids Wish You Knew, and I thought this was great. It was a list that was developed and used with permission um, from Isolina Ricci. But I thought mm-hmm. it was important that you in, included it of how kids, you know, we need to know you love us and will protect us and won't leave us and help you'll help us get organized um, for your going back and forth and you'll be patient and listen to our questions, et cetera, and show us it's okay to love and want to be with both of you. I mean, and there's several things on there, but you know, it's all these kids need the this nurturing. And mm-hmm. it, I thought that was important to include in there what kids are looking for. Yeah, parents are going through such a hard time themselves when they're separating or divorcing that oftentimes there's a blind spot when it comes to the kids. And parents will tell me, oh, our kids are fine. Our kids are resilient. And mm-hmm. a lot of times they're really missing where the kids are hurting. And that's the main reason I included that in the book, because kids don't necessarily tell their parents that they, they're feeling caught in the middle or they don't like being asked what's going on at, when dad's in the home or is mom dating somebody. They don't like being put in the middle that way. And I right. think parents should know that. Kids won't well, tell them very often. What about now with COVID-19? Everything I'm reading is saying that divorce is up <laughs> and, you know, our, and people are having a hard time because they're together all the time. What are you seeing? I think if there were already cracks in the marriage before COVID, mm-hmm. this has made it worse. Mm-hmm. That They had an opportunity during COVID to either work it out or things really fall apart. And a lot of people, their marriages just have fallen apart. At the same time, most of the courts are closed. So it's a little harder to get a divorce during COVID. But it's going to, I think when COVID is over, I think we will see a a big spike. It's a lot of stress. Are you doing a lot of Zoom coaching or counseling with, um, with couples then? I'm working on Zoom all day long. Yep. Yes. Yes, and, and I'm, I work with people who are doing a collaborative divorce, meaning they sign an agreement not to go to court, and a lot of these people are nesting, 
And so mm-hmm. part of what we do is we try to coach them through the nesting period as well as through their divorce process. So in a way, this is actually maybe a, I don't want to say COVID is a plus, but in a way it is actually good because it's, um, it is, the, they are already nesting and you're able to help them in a real positive way right now because they can't just run away, right? I think so there, there's some, there is something to that, but there's also so much more stress for the parents. Um, that there's more likely to be drinking, there's more likely to be, um, you know, conflict in front of the children, there's conflict around, you know, sharing the kitchen, Um, and so they they don't necessarily get the same break from the conflict that they would have gotten otherwise. Yes, you're right, because that is the beauty of nesting, is that the, the couple decides how many days on, how many days off, and where they're going to go. So they actually do get a break. Well, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I don't have to do it, but I think it's a (laughs) wonderful alternative because it sounds like it really keeps the kids on track and lets them know that they are very loved and that everything's going to be okay and it's not their fault. The name of the book is The Parent's Guide to Bird Nesting, A Child-Centered Solution to co-parenting during separation and divorce. The author is Anne Goldbushow, and her website is drannbushow.com, and that's just D-R-A-N-N-B-U-S-C-H-O.com. You can also find her on Facebook, on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. So just look for the book. Oh, she's on Tumblr also as well. So thank you so much, Anne, for coming on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and sharing this really um, very fascinating and life-affirming alternative to give kids a really good start or continuance, I should say, during a tough time when parents need to separate or divorce. It's, it really is a very um, excellent alternative. Yes, and they'll thank their parents later when they realize their parents bore the burden of the divorce and didn't put it on them. So I I think in my perfect world, all couples would nest until they sort out their lives. Yes, yes. If you can do it, if you can do it, it sounds, it just seems like it would be the the best way to go for sure. Yes. When you have kids and, uh, and maybe even if you don't have kids, it would be something to try to do just while you are navigating a separation maybe you wouldn't you know maybe you wouldn't separate if you can have somebody coach you through it sounds like yeah perhaps I I haven't I haven't seen that happen but I can see where it might especially if people have to sort out their finances before they can physically separate Right, right. That's very true. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Again, the name of the the book is The Parent's Guide to Bird Nesting, a Child-Centered Solution to Co-Parenting During Separation and Divorce. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and I will be right back with more, and we're going to talk about the effects of COVID on women and work. This is Star Style Beast. Are you are? Thank you so much, Thank you so much. The star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the 
your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Let's learn to make yourself happy. Happiness is a choice. By creating more joy and happiness in your life, you'll be a better person, a better employee, a better parent, a better spouse. Joyful people are optimistic and energetic to help yourself on the journey to more fun. Write a to-do list every day and at the top, write as your number one goal, enjoy myself. Recharge your batteries with enough sleep, a good healthy diet, and social interactions. Share positive feelings and accomplishments with your peers and respect yourself and others. See humor in mistakes and imperfections and allow yourself to be playful. Identify the activities that make you happy. When you are joyful, your enthusiasm will be contagious in the company and in your relationships, and it will allow your bottom line to have a few more dollar signs. It takes more muscles to frown than to smile, so smile a lot. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I, dot com. Be the star you are, the star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, thank you for staying with me here on Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live This is the Voice American Network, and we are on the Empowerment Channel because that's what we believe you can change your life for the better, and you can be happy even during these really tough times. And if you are a parent and you are getting a separation from your partner or your spouse, you really want to consider bird nesting. This is a fascinating idea. Um, And Anne's book, The Parent's Guide to Bird Nesting, really has everything in it that would guide you on your own. Or of course, like she suggested, you can also talk to a counselor or get somebody to help you with it. But it sure helps the kids um, feel very centered and loved and keeps them on track instead of being distracted. 
Well, I wanted to bring uh, to attention now how COVID-19 is jeopardizing women's recent gains. Although, as we know, COVID has been affecting everyone, it seems that women have already lost a uh, disproportionate number of jobs. And that's partly because of a segregated workforce in many fields in which Women make up more of the lower income service and retail jobs that have vanished because of COVID-19. And while women are 40, 47% of the U.S. labor force, they have accounted for 54% of the initial coronavirus-related job losses, and they still make up 49% of them, and that's according to McKinsey and company, you know that they do all of these stats. But more women, particularly mothers, say that they may have to step back or away from the jobs that they still have. And um, this, uh, these are a lot of new studies that are showing because though the pandemic has forced fathers and mothers to juggle careers with childcare and remote schooling, it seems that women are often shouldering the burden of these responsibilities. And the outsized burden is going to have some long-term consequences. About one in five working mothers surveyed over the summer for the sixth annual Women in the Workplace study, again by McKinsey and uh, leanin.org, say that they are considering dropping out of the workforce, at least temporarily, compared with only 11% of fathers. And an additional 15% of mothers report that they're going to have to dial back their careers, either by cutting their hours or switching to a less demanding role. And among women with young children, the struggle is especially acute. Nearly 25% say they may take a leave of absence or they may have to quit altogether. It's just too hard to juggle the online school, the child care and trying to meet your quotas or get your job done. Now, nor is the parental load the only factor, because a childless men and women, 10% also say they are considering leaving the workforce across the board. Employees are more likely to cite they are burnt out, and they have a lot of anxiety over job security as their biggest work challenge uh, is even more than a child care. And the people that are most hurt at the moment, black women are even more likely than women overall to consider downshifting or taking a leave from work. And they sell, they're citing health concerns as a reason. Now, the findings are coming from one of the most comprehensive pandemic era surveys of working women and men in which researchers at McKinsey and Lean In Org, they polled over 40,000 North American employees. And if, employer, if employers don't take more action to shore up mothers in their jobs, McKinsey and Lean In warned that they could see the percentage of gains that women have made over the past several years go down and um, the management ladder is going to just kind of disappear. So the message to companies is you may be struggling now, but if you don't dig deeper, if you don't make major investments in supporting working parents in different ways, you're going to have lost years of hard-earned progress. So the good news, though, 
is that white collar women especially may benefit long term from some of the changes wrought by COVID-19, such as more flexible schedules and the normalization of working from home for those who can. In the short term, however, many working mothers have reached a breaking point as work and life are just bleeding together in this boundary-less home life. It seems like it's a red flag for the economy and the business world. And across the corporate landscape, there is concern that there's a level of talent that's going to uh, be lost because so many people have worked hard to develop this talent, but now they're going to have to cut back. And again, it's uh, a lot of working moms that have young children, and they've been a critical part of the next generation of business leaders. At the German company um, operations of, of um, some of these companies, the number of women in senior management has risen more than 40% over the last decade, but now it is falling because of COVID. And there's a growing body of research that links greater gender diversity on teams and in corporate management to more innovation and better financial performance. And that business case is a big reason a majority of com companies are saying working towards equality for women and minorities in the workplace remains a priority. And many are providing more support to employees in balancing work and life since the pandemic began. And nearly half have added or expanded parenting and homeschooling benefits. But it's all still really, really hard. So what is clear is that the double shift, many women are already working and they're taking care of the home and they're taking care of the family and they're paying jobs. You know, they're trying to balance um, the school, the daycare and everything. And they just cannot take more time off. So it's going to be a real dilemma that is happening. And again, it is really affecting uh, women of color more than ever before, especially, um, especially women who have children. So it's the homeschooling and the childcare that is ruining any chances of having a sane, normal work day. So what we're going to do about it, the long-term effects of the pandemic may ultimately help advance some women's careers in other ways. The women have taken on a greater share of the extra domestic labor, and men are logging more hours on those tasks now, too. So there's a greater and you know involvement by everyone, but more people and more people are stressed out more than ever before. So we're going to have to try to figure out how we're going to be able to, um, to do all of this. Well, that's our show for today. I thank you so much for being great listeners and allowing me to be in your life every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. as we bring you Wednesday with writers and entertainers on our um, special disaster relief show here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I really enjoy being a, your personal growth success coach and and want you to know that you can change your life for the better and we can all hang in there. We're going to have to hang in there for quite a long time because who knows, COVID, the effects of COVID I'm reading are not going to be over for even a few years. So for more information about Star Style Productions 
or um, to purchase any of the books I've written, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan, B-R-I-A-N.com. To make a donation to Be The Star You Are charity, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Your donations help us continue this show and help us continue bringing you these incredible people that we showcase every week here as well on as on Express Yourself with our Super Smart Sundays. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. want you to see beyond your physical being and know you are already a star. So cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate each moment of your life. And while you are uh, sheltering, read a book this week. A book is like a garden in your pocket. So remember that you are always the greatest. You are the best. You have something wonderful to offer. And you don't have to adjust anything. Just be yourself, your authentic self. And that life is not a test. You've already won the race. So get whatever you want out of it. And until we celebrate next week, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles are going to keep us happy. So smile a lot. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference, and be here on Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on Star Style. Be the star you are. Have a great week. Thanks for joining me. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.